ownership of money is the biggest fuck you and is the most radical thing you can do against capitalism because now you get to choose how you distribute money. Hey there, this is Pussy Empowered Podcast, and I'm your host, Alyssa Aparicio. I'm equal parts Bronx bitch and mountain witch. I believe that when you untame your pussy, you access your power. As the CEO of Pussy Empowered, I hold space for individuals to do this with a holistic approach that incorporates mind, body, emotion, and spirit. As an erotic performer and choreographer, I surrender to new heights of embodied, expressed art and performance myself. On this podcast, I share about my approach to pussy power and interview fellow paradigm-shifting badasses about theirs. Today, we chat with international dominatrix, money witch, and demon whisperer, Bara Queen B. It's so nice to meet you. So mutual. I've been loving your Instagram and all your excitement. Same. I've, I've been like, I mean, I don't even know. I don't even know how we connected, but... You know what? The first post that I saw you, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to save that for a minute, but just everything that's coming from your page is so next level and so badass. I was like, we have to talk. We have to meet immediately. <laughs> loud and, aggr- and loud and cunty. Yes. I'm here for it. I'm so here <laughs> for it. <laughs> so let me take a moment to introduce you before we dive into conversation here. Yeah. So, okay. Brace yourself. Because Bara is a money witch, demon whisperer, professional international dominatrix. And uh, she is just, she's from the Czech Republic, right? Correct? And she is just a a force of nature and giving so much permission, so much invitation to women and to all genders to step into their power. And witnessing you, the way you embody that and the way you talk about that, oh my gosh. Wow, next level. So I'm Thanks. really so excited that you're here. Is there anything that I missed in the description that you want to underline? No, well, yeah, I always start with by popular moral, I'm not a good person. <laughs> that is the line that just, just when I saw that line, I was like, oh, bitch, what did you just say? <laughs> I was just electrified by that concept that you would dare to claim that for yourself. It's like, we spend so much time feeling like we have to be good girls like feeling like this pressure to be good and all of the morality that comes along with that which you talk about a lot and it's like you just went out right out and claimed that and I was like whoa that is badass well yeah so like morality and ethics are so First of all, people are so malleable, right? Um, Now, we could use some extreme examples. Hitler thought he was doing great, right? Like, he he literally had the good of the humanity. Now, clearly, he was, like, we all can agree on that same, right? That he's not a good person. Um, But how how, um, our perception of what is good and bad is molded by a lot of manipulation, by a lot of context, by a lot of information. And um, as you say, right, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an international professional dominatrix. I'm specialized in extreme fetishes, um, blackmail, financial domination, um, extreme humiliation, and the different side umbrellas of that. And yeah, when people go like, hey, so, yeah, you know, you, you take money from men. I always tell them I, I rob men. And they're like, hey, do you have any boundaries in that? I'm like, no, I will, I will take all your money. Like, and they go like, but, you know, what if they, I don't know, can't pay their rent or whatever. Like, we have this infantilized version of, like, how we should coddle and treat men. So, that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm ruthless in that, so I'm bad. But then I can, you know, I can add additional information and being like, hey, I make sure that all my money goes to like uh, women-owned business, uh, small businesses, and they're like, oh, oh, yeah, I can support friends, I can support single moms, and they're like, oh, oh. So now they start to get into like this inner conflict with good and bad. And my question always is like, if let's say we have the polarities of good and bad, like how much 
how much bad can a good person do or how much bad can a, or how much good can a bad person do before that shifts mm. which is an unanswerable question so um and even if you look at several like religious aspects right like if we see what a certain islam does to women they truly believe you know for them that's the good way that's the right path now we in the west have different perceptions perhaps about that right i'm not generalizing i'm just speaking about some so clearly you know good and bad it's such a it's such an amateur description of still wanting to subscribe to mm mm such a powerful way to start the conversation damn okay so i know that we have a similar background of catholicism did you go to catholic school as well or were you raised in the tradition yeah of- well yeah true so in east europe you have like yeah catholic 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 um, god 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 and um yeah the whole family is either mm-hmm. like partially priest or some nun or something and whoa yeah that is so interesting so yeah that that has been something i went to catholic school from kindergarten through high school and um you know it left me a lot of shit to work through um and to reclaim because really it's just not a place of um it just doesn't support it's just not supportive of women right <laughs> like what other way is there to say there there's like so many um so many double double binds in in the morality uh, that is taught by the catholic church and the way that the, it operates as a business and the way that it operates in the world it's like just is is not it is not it so i've been working through the webs of that my whole life and it's like i find i mean at this point um i feel free of the shame that i learned in that space and i know like i wonder what that kind of process of liberation from that mentality was like for you did you always know that this isn't for me or yeah yeah so, so I, first of all i have an extreme i know um my opinions might come off as extreme so i'm i'm just doing the disclaimer i first of all i think that um anyone who actually practices christianity uh catholic you know it subscribes as catholic in any sense and has actual re- like i I truly cannot believe that if you've actually read the Bible you remain a Christian like that's impossible. So most Christians haven't read the Bible and most Christians who partially kind of like had snippets they will do the whole like oh I just choose to subscribe to the good parts of it right so like let's ignore we had slavery let's ignore we had you know women and ownership let's ignore just let's take the part that suit me and my coping mechanism. And I always say that's like going, you know, that's like becoming a member of the KKK just because they have good tea parties. Mm-hmm. Like let's ignore the bad shit that they do. Damn, let's yeah. ignore all the slaughtering that has been happening actively. So not it's these few bad Christians like as an entity. Let's ignore that the Vatican, right, the boss of Christianity is the richest entity corporation in the world who doesn't pay taxes. Meanwhile, all Christians are begging for a little scrap of God. Absolutely mm. no. Absolutely the fuck no. So, when it um when going going to church and going to you know bible classes and 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 also catholic school i always had these abstract questions i'm like who sa- first of all who said this who wrote the bible mm-hmm. no one can really answer why is there so much suffering yet yeah, god so and this is the answer right god works in mysterious way that's going to be a no for me that's mm-hmm. going to be a no for me um and we write right, kids growing up ill um all the wars and christians love doing this Yeah, but that's you know the devil's work. No, the fuck it's not. We we've only been hearing one side of the story, which is allegedly God's story, and even God doesn't look very good in my book. Like if I look at what that what right that entity has been doing, so it was very fast for me. You know, like, why do why would I even want to claim that label? Mm. We become so attached to labels, right? Because labels tell us how to behave. So as a Christian, right, you have a very very right frame and container of how you should behave. what you should and should not be doing meanwhile can we like 
should should and should not be doing can we see what like what what horrendous things are happening under the name of christianity even in the church and again it's those bad christians then why would you want to subscribe to christianity i absolutely understand if you want to um claim like hey i believe in a higher power like there's 5000 registered gods like you can li- there's literally a website pickagod.com oh wow <laughs> you can literally go to like i believe in this just like you would do like with political test like i believe in this this is for me important and they will show you what god to believe in mm. why would you subscribe to christianity when it does so many bad things you can mm. subscribe to anything but people lack a sense of direction sense of backbone and integrity when it comes to that so mm. that was something really quickly that i did not like um therefore i didn't want to be like subscribed to that when i see you know uncle is uncle we had an uncle in the family who was abusing kids like sexually abusing and everyone was like well you know i'm just like why are we doing this but he goes to church so now he's a good person we're not doing that mm-hmm. so that turned that turned into a lot of turmoil within the family and me asking the bold questions and not getting an answer me being like that's not an answer you can prove god or you can prove this and that by the book that allegedly supports that right because they all go, what's 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 the proof of a christian god the bible that's not how it works that's like me me using my diary as evidence that i didn't kill someone in court like well, mm-hmm. how, how you, oh do you are you innocent prove it well i have my diary here that i wrote myself you see how people like will go like that's ridiculous and that's how all this whole christianity sounds to me mm, i agree i'm so with you on that Um it's just like to me this everything you're saying is just facts. Uh <laughs> So thank you for sharing your thoughts on that. Before we continue this conversation, here's a quick heads up about Pussy Empowered the Movement, a virtual membership program that meets weekly and provides a playground for self-discovery, liberated embodiment and unapologetic expression. Join a community of badasses like yourself who are crafting a path of our own and living life on our own terms. To learn more, visit pussyempowered.com/jointhemovement. So like I'm curious about the process of creating your own moral compass. This is something you you seem to talk about a lot listening to your podcast yesterday as well and just like hearing you talk about how it's so important for us to create a self-awareness to the depth where we are able to anchor into our own moral compass and make decisions from that space. So I would love to talk about that. Like what does that mean? And before we go on actually can you shift your camera a little bit down cuz there's like a lot of empty space and I want to see your face better. Like this? Yeah, yeah, perfect. Yes. Perfect. Awesome. Yeah, so um First of all, I feel there's a huge difference in how people determine their own moral compass um compared to like East Europe and the modern West. And the modern West is like, you know, America, UK, Netherlands like the, the modern traditional modern West. Um online the online presence and the digital industry ha- plays a lot into that, right? We we are um commanded and we we have pr- kind of created a culture where we demand everyone to take care of everything and you know wanting the best of everything and this is where i say good is extremely uh, malleable to due to its context and i always use the avocado thing as as example avocados you know healthy for my body good for my body meanwhile there's a whole war going on in the countries where avocados being grown and people are dying over it because here in the west we have too too high of the demand So now like my avocado isn't as good as I thought it would be right because people are dying your phone is a great example right our phone does amazing things meanwhile it's 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 built on slavery but that's so that's very far away so we do these like mental gymnastics of like how can i convince myself that i'm good by my own whatever stand and i'm just like why can we inherently accept that again if there's a good and bad that we are both hmm. that my existence in and of itself is harmful to another person that's outside of my uh conscious attribution right i can i can shop consciously but my, in and of itself 
my 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 existence hurts someone in the world the capitalism is set up the way the economy is set up so the only thing i can do is be close to me and my my direct influence and lead by the moral that i deem important now you will see me lay on fur i do not care about animals right that's that's the choice i make i understand that like hey animal fur meat that's a whole industry i choose to put my direction and awareness towards women right so we have all these like you ha you have to make a choice and you have to accept that there's your there's no ultimately 100% clean living and good living you can do and that there that's that brings a lot of turmoil up for people mhm mm it really does. And this is something I've been thinking about so much in the last couple of weeks, which is appetite and how women are so starving <laughs> for so in so many levels. At this banquet of a life, there is like there's they're starving for literal food, for uh for attention, for power, for money, for you know, sex, for all of these things that we are told that we can't want. And it's fucked up. <laughs> I'm so tired of it. I'm so tired of hearing so many women just um, coming from that place of of scarcity. And you know, I think we're all on our journey of processing and uh, processing. I mean, maybe we're not all on that journey. Some of us haven't begun that journey. But I know I'm on the journey of constantly being to the point of awareness where I'm like, oh, I'm saying I can't have this. Why not? <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Why not? Why can't I have it? Why can't it be fun? Why can't it be easy? Why can't, why can't it be, you know, what, what, what about this thing is inherently bad? So that I think is a process I'm currently present with and currently inviting and, and, and constantly present with and constantly inviting my um, clients and everyone around me to, to have that conversation. And so I love that when you just go to your page, you can see like, you are about pleasure, you are about money, you are about power and unapologetically, because why should you apologize? Yeah, <laughs> the, the pendulum is so swung in the other direction of it's, like, go ahead. No, it's extra. And even like seeing the comment right now, oh, you don't care about animals. What, what a point of, point of view I haven't heard. Like the pendulum now assumes that I harm animals or dislike animals. Meanwhile, I'm a vegetarian. Um, I believe in only eating meat if you hunted it yourself, and that's what I like. That's what I do. I I come from a farm. We 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 you know we grow our own animals, grow our own food, and then we kill it. That's our process. We don't do commercial food. Um, so now when I live in the West, I don't eat meat because I don't have access to animals that I you know grew up with, that I nurtured, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But now the pendulum is go is going to assume like oh I'm a, you know I actively harm animals so this is interesting how that you know that conversation goes so when I say like I don't care about this it simply means I make a conscious choice of where I choose to put my awareness and um, intention at. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That doesn't mean. By the I way, I'm with you. I don't like animals either, actually. Yeah, for sure. Look, I'm an animal person. I love like I love my dogs. I love my horses. I love my cows. But I do think there's a hierarchy of what I can put, you know, I can care about during the day. So, um, yeah, we have this, uh, we have this innate cultural, which stems from religion mostly, um, point of view where life is suffering, right? And, one would first completely have to go into the semantics of define suffering, define life, define et cetera, et cetera. But what I always teach in my courses, what I always um, do with my students is like, if you find, first you need to be aware of all these like, you know, voices and belief systems in your head. And if you, if you believe life is suffering, um, life is hard work, right? We have to do these things. Then I, I'll need you to present me with evidence of that. And come, coming full circle to being like the money witch and the way I speak about money, I first of all, I think it's extremely wild that in a, in a capitalist world where we are judged by the amount of money we have or the lack thereof, it's still taboo to talk about money, right? We... 
we we try to live a facade. No one likes to speak about the debts they have, the, like how they live from paycheck to paycheck. And I'm like, that's problematic. We need to have a conversation about this. We need to have a conversation about how we've been programmed, schooled, and educated that hard work pays off, which it clearly doesn't because if hard work would pay off in a financial sense, every waiter would be a balling billionaire. Every construction worker would be like living the fucking, you know, let's make it rain life. Clearly that's not the case. So present yeah. me with evidence. And then we get again back to semantics. What is hard work? Is it because we have this idea that hard work is this, physical excruciation labor right like i have to just i have to pay with my body now i would say that hard work is showing up in a sense that sometimes we might not feel like it or feel motivated to but it's putting our mind and bent our mind in places that it's not used to and that's the hard work and we have now even this this you know this we have a fear of money. We have a, we I, like idolize money. We have a lot of shame around money. Like, Hey, I, I like good things. Why? Because money makes my life easier coming from, um, geographically a place where every poverty in American would still look like a walk in the park. Right. Even that perception, like people, I always have this example. America goes like, eat the rich. And I'm like, y'all realize America is the rich. Even the poorest class in America is the rich compared to the world, right? So now we get, we get all these labels and all these like, we're, we're hunting money, we're chasing it. But simultaneously, we shame those who enjoy money. Like, oh no, you should be doing this and that with your money. Or how dare you flaunt, flaunt your money? I don't fucking know what that is. While simultaneously, Wanting to flaunt that money too, right? When a rich person is driving his Lamborghini, we have all these inner, like, huh, he must be a dick or he must have not had it hard or whatever the fuck. But meanwhile, we want that Lamborghini too. Mm -hmm. So see how that creates such an inner conflict constantly. An inner conflict is never going to get you forward. It's only putting you backward. Yes. Truth. Truth. And I think... Um, we need to move away from the, we need to move away from the sense that money is scarce. I think resources are scarce. I think it's very, 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 we need to acknowledge and realistic that, that, that the access to certain money ways is not limited, but it's harder to obtain for certain demographics, depending on your socioeconomic position, right? Those are real things. But in and of itself, money isn't scarce. So we need to move away of, how, of the way how we perceive money, how we talk about money, how we feel about money mostly, um, and mostly see money as merely the tool to anything that we deem important, whether that's you know a basic human like safety, security, and that looks different for everyone. Mm. And that shifts too, because I remember when I just started being comfortable with money, that my sense of safety was, you know, being able to pay my three hundred dollars a month rent. I live in a house that's like that's it's it's over half a million right now, right? So our sense of safety also changes; it expands, but it's never scarce. We can we can experience scarcity or lack of it, but in and of itself, it's not scarce. So that's, I think that's a very important journey that, um, yeah, that we need to talk about. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love like the, the idea of inner conflict can't get you forward. It's just, it's so true. And then something that I change, I talk about a lot is like mind, body, spirit, emotion. You have to be on your own team. Like you have to be able to say, I want this and your body not say, actually, I'm scared of that. Or like, you know, it's okay to have the fear and the discomfort, but to work through it if and and continue to, because I think if you have a desire, like the desire is not just coming out of nowhere. It's something bigger than you too. And I do feel like affirming that desire will always open up portals and open up the ability to abundance, like the, the vortex to abundance. There's always more to be experienced. Like there's always, there's always, there's always more. And I, I feel like, like I'm very anchored in that abundance 
Um, I mean, I just see it happen in so many areas of my life all the time. And it's like, uh, you know, whatever you want to call it magic. I like to call it magic. I like to call it, it feels like magic for sure. Sounds like you are really um, passionate about weaving and, and speaking about magic as well. Um, but so like, so to take it to um, something that you say, and I just want to underline something that you say, I don't have the exact wording, I don't think you just say like, your website is meetmeatthebank.com. And you say that at the bank, you see a certain demographic. And um, I'd love for you to talk a little bit more about about of that fill in the blanks there of what you what you yeah. share about it. Well, we, we have like, like we like I said, like we have this we have certain feelings about money. And um, I think a lot is a lot of it is rooted in uh, misinformation where uh, we hate capitalism. And I I think most people don't even really know what capitalism is because most people kind of obtain, um, you know, capitalism is, you know, uh, me exchanging money for something. That's consumerism. That's, you know, exchange of, well, like we've already always had exchange. So I think a lot of words get lost in a lot of things but if we're going to use the traditional sense ownership of money um expanding your havingness of money is the biggest fuck you and is the most radical thing you can do against capitalism because now in a world that is designed for you to um utilize mass production um utilize companies that there are the cheapest, right? That that's how that's what mass production does. So uh, for you for you to design to only utilize those companies, obtaining money yourself is a radical fuck you because now you get to choose how you distribute money. And I'm very conscious in that. Doesn't matter. I never go to Starbucks, but I will ten times from the eleven times will pick that little boutique that I know that I already Instagram because I have the t- I have all the time. So I will Instagram like, hey, what's the small, you know, uh, small owned b- coffee boutique here in the area? What's the fla- florist that's, you know, already here 30 years that's been going generation? And I like to put my money in those places. Mm-hmm. So I think that's extremely important. And that's why it's important to get a different relationship with money. And meeting me at the bank, right? Like, I'm, I'm tired of the world. The world is 100% owned by men, white men to be specific. That's tiring. Now I don't have a, I don't have any hashtag team no delusions. That's not going to change. Those are way too big. Nor does their bigness affect how I can live. Mm. Less out there, more here. The more I can obtain, the more I can live sovereign in my life. The more I have a an internal coherence. The more I can follow my internal compass. The less they become relevant. Now, mm. we know, again, all this, like, uproaring, like, yo, Amazon and Facebook, they, those are too big. There's never, ever going to change anything about that anymore. And the way we think we can inflict change, it usually, again, it's misinformation. We think that if we boycott Amazon that, you know, Jeff Bezos is going to be in a corner, like, oh, you know, like, Randy didn't buy my $15 book. But what's realistically happening is that people of a lower financial class are going to lose their jobs. That's the realistic effect what's going to happen so we need to start to think of how we want to actively design this world and accept that certain things cannot be changed anymore because when they were when they were still in the possibility of being changed people were like hey oh this is going to go the wrong direction no one listened and now we're having the aftermath of that Mm. super interesting and i do feel like I do feel like I'm hearing, I'm seeing and witnessing and embodying in my own life the impact of focusing on creating an intentional way that you, that we each interact with the world. And I see it reverberate to everyone around me. I see it connect me with people like you who are on a similar wavelength. And so inherently think, that is change as well, right? That is powerful. Like it is happening. It's real. It's not, it's, it's out of theory in practice, you know? And, and yeah, from- yeah, again, I think change, it, it, it's such a cliche, but change can only happen close to you. Mm. Right. We have, the world is full of bad shit. 
that is that has accumulated so much energy, so much momentum. It's grown so out of proportionally to weird sizes. There's no amount of us yelling at it that's going to change it. We need to change how we perceive the world, how we show up in the world, how we act in the world. And then simultaneously, we start connecting to people that live on the same, like have, that have the same morals, ethics, same things that they deem important. And that's the tiny ripple effect. Mm-hmm. But thinking you're going to change the world, like I, that's always such an abstract thing. I think, I think it's also like a delusional thing. Mm-hmm. want to you know have mass change because mostly it's like i have an idea and i want someone else to i'm just going to bark my idea at these big people and and then what mm-hmm. more realistic right. close to you close to you close to you close to the people you can reach close to leading by leading by example right showing up mm-hmm. by example. super interesting i love hearing your perspective on this and everything you share so far. I'm just like so thoroughly enjoying this conversation. Uh, I know everyone else is too, because they're throwing out the hearts like crazy. Um, (laughs) So maybe we can kind of shift the conversation into what, I mean, it's not, I know it's not going to be separate, but um, I want to talk about, I want to talk about your career as a dominatrix and like how you teach women to be in their power around uh, domination and like gender roles and uh, domination and submission. I just like, I mean, there's so much you probably could talk for that on that topic for like a year, but I would love to just kind of scratch the surface in here. Um, There's not, that's not really a specific question, but is there something that comes through for you when I, when I bring that up? Yeah, I think, um, like 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 we touched on earlier, we use labels, um, right, to kind of like define us, and they it, it's 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 handy in communication because like when I tell a person like, hey, I'm a business owner, like it's not about being a business owner, but they those people know like business owner in and of itself is willing to take risks, right? It, it's curious, so it's it describes a certain type of characteristic. Now the same for being a dominatrix, like. This like the very static version, right? Like I have a certain dynamic with men. They pay me for that. That's my career. But what's behind that? Behind that is um, being comfortable in sexuality, being comfortable in defining and figuring out and researching within yourself what womanhood looks like. Because, mm. and I've had this. If for for people who f- followed me longer, they know like when I when I first like. Exp- exploded internationally I was always on the picture in all the newspapers like me smiling with my whip and everyone was like real dominatrix shouldn't smile because they're this this notion that they're these strict women I'm like I think everyone's missing the fucking purpose of being like you know a sovereign woman and like I get to be however the fuck I want to show up Um, Mm -hmm. so undoing yourself of these layers and then molding and experimenting mostly right because it's not one thing and it's not a stagnant thing it's not a a to B, like, hey, this I'm, I'm liking and experiencing this now. I want to experiment with that. Um, but for in, in the domination sense, that would be um, me always being like somewhat of the assertive, a leading, um, the, bo- the bossy role, right? And we can even go into like the different type of dominatrix as people have, right? We have the sensual, the loving one, the mommy dominatrix, and then we have the hardcore sadistic, which was which is me. Right? So there's so many different. The, the spectrum is so broad, but mostly the red threat in among, among all of them is that these are women who are found a power within themselves, who are enjoying it, exploiting it for their own gain, right? Mm finding pleasure, finding wealth in that. And um, I think that's extremely, I think that's important. I think we have created, again, attached morals to, you know, being submissive. And I think submissive is often being misconfused or confused with like docile, right? Those are so close to each other, but so different well, there can be huge power in being submissive and choosing to submit to someone. Um, so I think there's huge power in finding what is true to you. And I hate the language around it because it becomes such a buzz, right? Like finding you know, what's true to you. Like that's been 
BuzzFeed overused that already 10, 5 million times. We don't have different language yet. So, um, yeah, so I think um, the fluidity in what um, power over yourself and leading by example looks like, that's where the true essence is, I guess, the true direction of life, the true pleasure that owning it, again, more back to you, less out there. Mm. So much yes. <laughs> so much yes. And I feel really, it's really personally speaking to me right now and my journey of being more open about stripping. It's been so interesting. Well, one, it feels amazing to be honest about it because it's a part of my life that I really have been wanting to share about because it's such a fun, interesting part of my life. And I've been wanting to talk about it more. And I finally feel like I'm at a point in comfort with myself where I can talk about it and I don't give a fuck anymore. But, um, and, you know, it's been interesting to see people's reactions. You know, even just yesterday, I was having a conversation with someone who was just surprised that I was a stripper or somebody else who said, I don't, I didn't understand how stripping could play into your work. Like, it seems like it's opposite empowerment. And I was like, well, no, it's actually very integrated to be in a position where you decide what you want to do. <laughs> you know, and that's and, the thing. yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, it's so it's really inspiring to hear you um, talk about that. And, and also like, talking about domination and submission. And I feel like it's something that I've been really thinking into right now around masculine versus feminine. I don't know. I'm just kind of starting to really not like those words as much um, yeah. and feeling like, you know, there's an attachment of domination to one and an attachment of uh, submission to another. And it's like, it's so old. <laughs> it's so stale. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. And you and the, the stripping thing is a great example. Like I feel that, you know, coming from an extreme patriarchal world which we will always be in again it's never going to change um but the pendulum like first we had feminism right and i i started absolutely like disliking the concept of feminism because it again the pendulum went too far because now feminism is telling everyone first it started we wanted equal rights in the sense in a political sense economic sense right we want to have you know be able to have our own bank account which we weren't able until 1974 that's my mom right? Without my, my husband's permission. Like, that's very, very recent. But the pendulum went to extreme into now, you shouldn't enjoy the male gaze. You should mm. not enjoy what patriarchy described as, you know, pretty, right? Now we need to be mm. all, um, and this is, again, this is about autonomy. You can be hairy if you want. You can not wear makeup if you want. You can, you know, have yourself woven close that's power to you but if you do it only to make a counter movement to patriarchy you're not as free as you claim to be Ooh, damn that and that's where that's stripping right <laughs> no even but that's stripping like how but how can you be you know powerful if you if you kind of submit to what the male gaze has told you is pretty and i'm like Y'all mis misusing and misdirecting your intention because you're still focused on the male gaze. Boom. You're still operating from <laughs> that male patriarchy that's telling you what, that has determined how you behave. And you're just doing a counter movement and thinking you're free. No, you're doing literally the opposite. You're still basing everything on that patriarchy. Ooh, preach. <laughs> <laughs> preach wow that yes wow okay i love how you've articulated that and how you articulate everything that you speak to it's it's and you can tell it comes from not just a book you read right it's like yourself it's it's your communication with the divine or however you refer to that or interact with that um because you know you can just you can just tell it, it's it's coming from a, a really profound place and that is so refreshing and inspiring to hear um so yeah i'm like wondering the the, the question that i wanted to ask next was around um the idea of well first first actually let's talk about like how this shows up with your clients 
because I know that some of your clients are actually curious about sex work, becoming sex workers, and some of them are actually just curious about owning their power more. It seems like from what I get from your from from your website and your work. Can you yeah. talk a little bit about about how they like I guess the spectrum of of what that looks like to work with clients uh, in this in this realm? Yeah. So um the way our the, the way our brain works is usually like we see a flashy thing and we say, oh, we want that too. So now um, using myself as an example, they see me, you know, with my flashy cars. They see me, you know, openly talk about how much money I make, whatever. And they're like, oh, I want that too. Um, and my question always is like, do you want actually what I'm doing or do you want the results I'm getting? Because those are two different things, right? We all want the fame or no, not. We want the money that Beyonce has. Well, we don't want to dance 16 hours a day to get that, right? Because that's, mm. that's the background of it. So mm -hmm. how do we learn the skills and um, the characteristics of those people that we admire and, and kind of like let them complement how we are? So how do we show up in our... How do we become more powerful without adapting the mask of that person that, you know, we want to like, again, we don't want to mimic others. We want to right. obtain certain skills. I don't want to be able to say, I don't want to be able to just um, parrot mathematical equations. I want to understand math. So what I'm doing is understanding the math, right? So domination, being powerful, feeling comfortable in your skin. It's never about looking a certain way that's what the outside mm. world how can but how can you make that how can you understand that language so you can make it your own language so you can make it part of your being and that's where um where especially my new course um the dom course it's mostly about like right finding like what do i even want how how do i want to look up how do i want to show up for me there's also a part of for people who actually want to become a sex worker, right? Because there's a logistic, a practical part to it, like what to do, what not to do. And I, I'm all, I'm your girl for that. Because um, I will also be realistic about like the harms and the dangers and the digital war that's going on for sex workers right now. But mostly when people say like, hey, I want to do that too. It's not I want to be a dominatrix. I want to show up for myself. I want to be comfortable as that dominatrix does. I want to be unapologetic. I want to strip myself of the layer and of that, you know, voice that's telling me, oh, no, you're not a good person right now. How do I do that? And I'm all about learning and integrating that language, that, um, that, that reprogramming, so you can create whoever you want to be. Less, again, less out there, less wanting to be like them, more wanting to evolve yourself, more want to expand yourself. Absolutely. Yeah, that is so important. I think that that is the next phase and that has been missing from a lot of, I guess, uh, I mean, I remember being uncomfortable about uncomfortable about conversations like this in women's studies class, like that was missing from theory that was missing from even teaching for a long time. And I don't know that I know that many teachers who have that approach where it's like more about, let me plug you into yourself. Yeah, versus here, copy what I'm doing. Because why, like, why, you know, why would, I mean, when I teach movement, it's like, I don't want you to look like me, I want you to tune into your own body, and move from that place. Because, I mean, I'm sure that's what you want anyway. Right. And but, how would you like, I think it's such a huge, such a huge disrespect to the potential that you can be to want to mimic someone else. Here, like, let me, let, let me be realistic for a sense. We live in the West. We are as free as the wet, like the world can be, right? There's demographics where women are not even allowed out of the kitchen, where whatever, where people grow up in such fucking poverty that this phone looks like completely like something else. And you want to mimic something else? You would disrespect the ability, the freedom you are born into and you have created to be able to find yourself, to create yourself, I think that's great. I think, again, I think it's just disrespectful to um, mm. what you have been given or what you have created, whatever angle. I think it's extremely mm. disrespectful. Mm. 
I love that. I love that because the opposite that people normally think is um, that it's selfish. And you're framing it as disrespectful to, to the self. universe, to self, yeah. to to everything, right? Yeah. <laughs> and so many people are stuck on that factor. They're like, oh, it's selfish for me to want this. I think it's it's selfish for you not to pursue what you what you really are called towards. Because Yeah, and I talked in my last video about that, right? Like it 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 we I feel like you know, having certain feelings about wanting certain things. Um, having negative feelings about that is self-sabotage in and of itself. And it usually comes from a, like, hey, I haven't suffered enough, therefore I don't deserve this. And I'm just thinking, like, I have, I've been born into this, again, demographic or, ge like, geographic location, because that, that has so much to do with it. Why would I not try to enjoy it and this is about conscious enjoying right this is not about tornadoing through life this is truly like hey i have the ability to connect with people on my phone meanwhile on the other side of the planet there are people dying because of what my phone building of my phone has created now me not you enjoying my phone will not make them less miserable the world's not going to be a better place if we collectively suffer more. Now, there's, it's not about greed, right? Like, it's, again, that that's, becomes this, like, in, like, filling this void. This is about conscious, conscious enjoying, conscious pleasure. Knowing that someone else having it bad is not going to change anything to my experience and the other way around. Like, mm. me... Also putting myself in suffering is not going to make their life better. So why would I rob myself of the experience that I've been gifted of getting to enjoy? And again, it's about true enjoying. Fuck yeah. Savoring, basking, being present, right? Jeez. Yes. Oh, such music to my ears. <laughs> Everything that you're saying is just fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. And, and I love what you said about like, you know, when people are somewhat like um, um, surprised when you speak like, hey, I, I have like, I find empowerment in like stripping in this in the sensuality of dancing. And I think these are conversations to be held. Like, is there bad stuff in our industry going on? Yeah. But me not participating in, in that in a way that is freeing to me where no one governs my body, right? Because that's what's happening in our industry. There are people who have no government over their body. Now, me not utilizing my freedom in that is not going to help them. Mm -hmm. If anything, the opposite. Mm -hmm. We need to get, we need to rewrite the labels that we perceive as in sex work. Sex in general. Sex is dirty. Sex is who? Everyone does it, but... How, how dare you talk about it? Naked bodies. Woo. Woo. Right. Nipples. Huh? Ah! <laughs> no, there's a nipples. No. It's panic. <laughs> so ridiculous. <laughs> oh, yes. So the question I just, I, that I've been curious, I was curious about coming to your work in, um, I would like to know how, so you talk about manipulation. I would like to know what, it, I would like to talk about consent and manipulation is like, are you speaking about it in a way that your, um, that your clients are consenting to be manipulated or is that not really a part? Like what, what, what kind of, tell me more about that. The, I think, um, First, we would have to determine the existence of free will, which I'm kind of on the edge about in general. But we would have we have to define or redefine mostly how we perceive the concept of manipulation, right? Like we always attribute it to like you know these you know harmful people do making people do things that you know they additionally don't want to do. But manipulation is even me putting on a certain type of makeup. Me, me, me. Go. If I would go to a job interview, I would dress a certain way. Now, that's inherently part of manipulation because I want you to perceive me a certain way. 
Mm-hmm. Right? So manipulation is much broader. Um, now, how it shows up in my work is people know how, and this is why context is so important, right? Like I clearly am aware that I can't just walk up to anyone in the street and slap them in their face. That's going to be a problem. But why can I do that in my dungeon? Because, and consent being the difference, right? Because people consented it to me, to coming into an environment that I have created. Um, now, manipulation becomes this complex conversation because I show up um, in a way that the patriarchy might perceive as, you know, sexy, and therefore I'm manipulating these men. And yeah, I do. This is the thing. We... Um, it, I, I, I view even my work as a, on a, like on a global scale, women are not asked to be sexually objectified. We are going to be regardless. So I'm a fucking mm-hmm. monitor on that. Yes. <laughs> I'm not going to go through, okay, let me go through extra suffering. No, no, no. Again, I've suffered enough in my life. I want suffer suffering less and as more pleasure and i think that's again where the power of you know internal coherence come from where you should consciously shift the scale in a world that is designed for you to sacrifice constantly suffer more etc etc to more pleasure Mm. so yeah Mm -hmm. manipulation is part of that we're constantly being manipulated we think we we consciously chose all you know that we all have iphone hell the fuck no we're being manipulated into that. And again, no morals or ethics around that. That's just the way the world is. Mm. But think all free of choice. Yeah. I think there's, there, there, there's a, there's a skill in that and there's a spectrum on that. So mm. I'm going to use my manipulation the way I look, um, the way I, that the way that my looks can elicit certain, um, responses in others. I'm going to utilize that. Mm-hmm. For my benefit. Mm-hmm. Yes. Fuck yeah. And it's like, also, it's not inherently anything, right? It's not inherently, it's not like, I mean, we've already discussed this, but it's not inherently bad to, well, definitely not inherently bad to embody your sexuality, right? That's just nature. Like, there is palm trees that are like, they, they exist the way they exist, and we exist the way that we were just not, this is nature. And to... Um, to be, to villainize women who capitalize on their nature when the, when the systems that be do it unapologetically and regardless, and it's going to happen without our consent, then why can't we consent to ownership and, and playing in that sandbox and, you know, just exploring that if it's what we want to do. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And, and like you said, right, like villainize women who capitalize on that. That comes from this life must be suffering and um, you can't make it easy for yourself. Why, why are you capitalizing on things that happen naturally? How dare you? Right? Because, again, patriarchy told us, too, that the, the classical example, like men, oh, I like pretty women. Women, okay, I'm going to be pretty and pay me for it. No, 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 not like that. Mm. This is basic demand this is basic market what what is required and the demand and then the service is answering to that basic right and if you put yourself in the environment don't be mad if you get sold (laughs) don't get mad if you if you end up spending money because you don't go to the mall to not be (laughs) enticed by what you see (laughs) And, you know, you don't go to a strip club or, or, um, uh, wear a a dungeon and expect to leave without spending any money. Like you can't, you know, that is, that's the job of the person who's there to seduce and you came to be seduced. It's consensual. um, Yeah. And that that energy is powerful. Yes, absolutely. And what you said, like, yeah, you, this whole I'm losing my train of thoughts right now. But this whole, like, um, everything in the, in, in, again, everything in the world, every form of entertainment, every art we perceive, like, we, we have connected that to a monetary value. Now, why wouldn't my, my existence, my services not be worth 
monetary compensation. That's a, such an abstract thing. Meanwhile, like the whole industry is owned by men and they capitalize on our existence. We didn't fucking ask for that. But sure, like how dare I, right? And this is why I'm, by popular moral, I'm not a good person because I'm going to utilize that system because I can't change that system. So I'm going to utilize it, find the hacks in it, and make it as pleasurable as possible for me. Mm. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, my gosh. Well, we could probably talk for like a full on, I don't know, we could talk forever about about so many topics. But I feel that at this point, we've covered a lot of ground. And maybe we should um, kind of allow allow this this conversation to come to a close. But I would love for you to share how you how we can connect with you how to support you what you're offering right now. Um, so that we can connect because I know everyone in here wants to know more about you and what you do and hear more of your wisdom. Yay. Yeah. So um, several things I have my website meet me at the uh, That's well, where you'll find most of my newer offerings. I have a Dom course. And again, it's not about commercially or sex work while even though that's a part of it, but it's mostly about finding your inner power. I have a podcast fearless wealth disclaimer i am like i describe myself as a cunty person i'm um, loud in my opinions um, especially often americans have they find my opinions kind of extreme or the way i verbalize them so enjoy that right um if you don't if you're just interested engage like comment most of the platforms i'm banned at and shadow banned on the platforms that i still exist at so engagement helps a lot Add me on my Facebook, Bar Queen B. It's in my, I think it's in my, um, it's in my link tree because um, most of the things still happen there while I'm not, not in Facebook jail constantly. So, uh, mm. and come join the conversation. I, I, mm. I, I, I promise you, I will have you question certain things, and I would love the engagement and hearing like how that process went because I learned from that too. It's not like my, again, no team, no delusion. It's not like I'm the. And, and knowing all we're constantly learning and learning different angles and perceptions. So that's, yeah, I'm loving yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why I love doing these conversations too, because I always walk away with them like mind blown. And I don't pretend to know everything about pussy power. Like I'm practicing it. I'm, I'm here on the journey. You know, I've been on the journey and I'm not in, I'm not delusional, delusional about thinking that I know everything. I just don't. So talking with other people who this is, your path and your work and hearing just how amazing um, all the insight that has come from the years of accumulating this knowledge and practice. Um, I'm just so grateful that you came here to share with us. And I know so many women are just going to be blown open by this conversation and the permission that you embody and the, the way that you move through this world. So thank you for sharing your art, sharing yourself and for <sighs> coming in here to talk with us today. Thank you. May I add one last thing? Of course. So if I would have to give like one advice or tip is that time is passing and time is the only unrenewable resource we have in the world. So if you have ever worried about, oh, you know, I'm going to start experiencing power later or I'm going to start going into that shadow work later, you're fucking fooling yourself because later is never going to come. You Time is moving and it's losing rapidly and it's never in your favor. So either you're moving towards healing and growth or you're losing and you're harming yourself constantly. So please find whoever, find your tribe, do the discomfortable, uncomfortable thing, find the discomfort and get into your growth and power to whatever extent that looks like. Yes that message let it reverberate through you all for the rest of the day let it reverberate out into the universe the intention that we're all going to get with what the fuck we need so that we can get on with living a life with less suffering and more pleasure and more joy and more magic and more freedom let's do this shit how are you feeling after that conversation triggered inspired Whatever it is, I'd love to hear about it. So feel free to DM me at sensual underscore radiance. And of course, I'm sure you want to follow Barra Queen B on Instagram. It's at Barra Queen B. And her website is meetmeatthebank.com. Both of those links you can find in the show notes. And if you want to receive pussy empowered goodness daily, 
to your Instagram feed, be sure to follow me at sensual underscore radiance and learn more about my offerings at pussyempowered.com, including my virtual membership. It is a really fun, delicious space for self-discovery, embodiment, and expression in a community of badasses like yourself who are shifting the paradigm. You can find the links to that also in the show notes. See you next time.